Welcome to the Kerwin Baptist Church broadcast today. Our desire is for the Word of God to be spread throughout the world so that all may know Christ. Join us now for a portion of one of our services here at Kerwin Baptist Church, located in Kernersville, North Carolina. Psalm 31. Interesting, I guess I can kind of sum up uh, the first part of this psalm in verse 9. I'm going to show you some other things, but uh, for sake of explaining the history behind this before we pray, look at verse 9. David says, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Ever been there? I am in trouble. Well, we all end up there sometimes, and I'd like to speak on this subject today, a broken vessel. If you look at verse 12 in this chapter, David said, I'm forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. So kind of what was going on in David's life, and we, there's an incident in David's life we don't talk a, talk a lot about. And um, when David was king, he made a mistake. Now he made a few of them, and, and some are more well known than others, but David made a bit of a mistake. He had committed a sin. David had done something that you and I might not be totally familiar with. He had numbered the people of his kingdom. Now, when he did that, there was something that God was not in. Why does a king number his people, especially in Old Testament days? It was to prepare for war. It was to know exactly what he had so that he could prepare his battle plan and different things. And God was not in that. And we know how God felt about some of those things. Because David, the Bible says that God had Solomon build the temple. Because God said that David was a man of war and he had blood on his hands. Now we always talk about that the blood on his hands. Everybody always talks about the fact that, oh no, it's because you know he just was great in battle, and that's what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be king, and and, and so what's wrong with him having having killed people? I mean, they're in battle. Well, this is the instance that is being discussed. It wasn't just that David was a man of war and had killed enemies against God. That wasn't the problem. David had numbered the people. And because this was against God's word and against God's will, listen to this. God gave him three choices of punishment. Now these were the three choices. Either David and his kingdom could have seven years of famine, or they could have three months of defeat. That means any, in those three months, anybody that they would go up against in battle would defeat them. So you either had, obviously, seven years of nothing to eat, Three months of anybody you fight is going to beat you up. Or number three, David could choose three days of pestilence and sickness. David, I guess as he began to think through, chose the three days of pestilence and sickness. Now it kind of makes sense that, well, you know, we'd have seven years of not being able to eat. And who knows, you know, who could be hurt because of that. We could have three months of losing battle to whoever we fought, and who knows how many men we would lose for that. And this one only lasts three days, and so David chose three days of pestilence and sickness. And when he did, after those three days, 70,000 people died. Here you are, the king, the leader, supposed to protect the people. And now David has blood on his hands because 70,000 people died because of the pride and arrogance of King David. 
Now, we don't talk a lot about that particular instance, but it was during these three days that David wrote Psalm 30, Psalm 31. Some believe there is a couple other psalms that he wrote during that period of time, but we don't know for sure. But we do know 30 and 31 David wrote during this time. So you've got to think about, here's the king coming to God, sick as can be for three days, realizing and seeing that 70,000 of his own people had died because of what he had done. And then he comes to God. I don't know about you, it makes me emotional. I know what it feels like maybe to hurt one of my sons. I know what it feels like to hurt my wife. That's just four people. Can't imagine having the blood of 70,000 people that had followed you and supported you. And now he comes to God. You know, there's a lot of things in life that are difficult to get over, but wow. You'll notice in verse 1, the end of verse 1, David says, Deliver me in thy righteousness, chapter 31. Look at verse 2, David said, Bow down thine ear to me. In other words, David said, God, I'm so low. In order for you to hear me, you're going to have to come way down here. Because I'm as low as low can get. The end of verse 2, last two words, he says, Save me. Look at verse 4. He said, pull me out of the net. Look at verse 7. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversities. Verse 9, David says, have mercy upon me, O Lord. I'm in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief in my soul and my belly. He said, I, 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 I am so low and I feel so guilty and frustrated. And you've got to understand that when 70,000 people die, and if they even had issue and knew that this was because of David's sin of numbering the people, not only do you have 70,000 people that die, but think of the family members that are now mad at the king. David said, I'm so sick about it. I'm consumed with it. It's in my soul. It's in my belly, which means spiritually, emotionally, physically, I'm sick everywhere. Notice, if you would, verse 10, he said, my life is spent with grief. My years with sighing. Notice, my strength faileth because of mine iniquity. And my bones are consumed. Verse 11, he says, I was a reproach among all mine enemies. They all made fun. Oh, here's, here's big king. <laughs> oh, he won all the battles. And then because of his pride, his own people, thousands, died. Notice if you would, he says, I was a reproach among mine enemies. Look at verse 11, but especially among my who? My neighbors. And a fear to mine acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. David had people that were close. His neighbors, people that he had fellowshiped with, that he knew well, that loved David and that hung out with David and did things for David. And David said, they're mad at me. They see me and turn away. That's why in verse 12 he says, I'm like a broken vessel. 
a vessel that God used to fill, a vessel that God used to use. And now I'm broken. Verse 13. For I have heard the slander of many. He heard what the people of the kingdom had to say about him after this happened. And by the way, it wouldn't have mattered which three he would have chosen. For seven years he would have had to hear them criticize him. For three months he would have had to hear them criticize him. And now for these days and these 70,000 people that died. He said, fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me. They devised to take away my life. David said, my very own friends, my own kingdom are trying to find ways that maybe they can kill me. Look at verse 16. He says, make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Wow. Maybe now we have a little bit of perspective as we talk about this subject today, a broken vessel. You know, it seems that uh, when we're broken, as often when we can overlook or fail to see the goodness of God. You know, when you and I realize we haven't been good, it's hard for us to sometimes accept that God is still good to us. Anybody else been there? Or, or maybe even though you blow it, you feel like God should still be good to you. Me, I'm going to tell you something. When I blow it and I mess up and all these things, I'm going to, you know, I, I almost feel I don't deserve the goodness of God and I didn't before I even blew it. And now I just, you know, you just kind of think, well, I, it's almost as if a self-pity thing and we just think, well, God's going to punish me and God's going to have nothing to do with me anymore and I've just blown it and all these things. And, and, and David felt that way literally in a sense, but you'll notice when he comes to verse 19, and I love this, and I want to talk talk about the goodness of God today just for a few moments before we go. Verse 19, he says, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. Let's pray. Lord, for these next 10 or 15 minutes, I ask you to help me rightfully divide your word. Lord, it is a vast subject to talk about your goodness. We'll never be able to describe it. We'll never be able to be as thankful and grateful as we should be for it. But Lord, as we head into a Thanksgiving week, I pray that we would try. In your name we pray. Amen. I want you to notice first in verse 19, I want you to see that the goodness of God is plenteous. Notice what David says in that first phrase, Oh, how great! Is thy goodness. That word great is the word rob in Hebrew. R-A-B. And it literally means this. It means abundant in quantity. Abundant in size. Abundant in age. Abundant in number. Abundant in rank. Abundant in quality. It means this. The same word means abundant in quantity and abundant in quality. It means enough, exceeding, full, sufficient. David said in the middle of all I've done and in the middle of all these folks coming after me now, God's goodness is still sufficient. 
Can I tell you something today? Whatever you're going through, God's goodness is enough. It is abundant in quality and it's abundant in quantity. There's enough of it and it's really good. Number two, in verse 19, we see that the goodness of God is not only plenteous, but it is preserved. Now, this is important. Why? Look at verse 19. David said, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. That word laid up literally means preserved or reserved. It means literally that it's there, but you can't see it. It literally means it's there, but you can't have it right now. Wow. That means this, and, and by the way, those two words laid up is one Hebrew word, and it means hidden, covered, reserved, preserved for a later day. David said, I know I've blown it, and I know folks are mad at me, and, and I know things are going on, but God's goodness is great, and he has laid it up for me, which means that I know one day God's going to reward me. Even though I've blown it, God still rewards us for the good that we've done. That's why the Bible says, lay not up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves can break through and steal or take it away. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. What does it mean lay up? It means that everything that God rewards you for what you do, you don't necessarily get it all right now. By the way, you don't want it all right now. You get it here, you don't get it there. But whatever you don't get here, you get it there. David said God's goodness is great. It's plenteous. It's preserved. Notice verse 19. The goodness of God is present. You said, well, you just said it's preserved. Look at verse 19. David said, oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before who? That means this, David says, it's laid up in heaven, but it's wrought on earth. That means David said God's goodness is so great that God has laid up a whole bunch of his goodness for me when I get to heaven, but he also has provided it for me here on earth. Listen, can I tell you how great heaven's going to be and wonderful? Can I tell you this? God still blesses us while we're here too. Laying up in heaven means that there are rewards and things that you'll get in heaven for the things you've done. But rot on earth means you got a car you could drive to church. God was good to you. It means you got clothes on right now. It means you might get out of here in time to go eat lunch. <laughs> David said God's goodness is so great, he's got it stored up in heaven for me, and he gives it on earth to me also. You know why you and I get discouraged? Because we overlook and fail to see the goodness that God has given us right in front of our face right now. David said, not only is it preserved, but it's present. Not only do I get it later, but I get it now too. Wow. Notice number four, God's goodness is protected. Look at verse 20. David said, thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Who's them? Who's them? Those that fear him in verse 19. 
David says, you'll hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. This is great. In verse 19, listen, God's goodness is preserved for you. And then in verse 20, God promises you will be preserved for that goodness. Y'all saved. David said this, God's laying up treasure for me there, and he's preserved me to make sure I get it. As if it isn't enough, God has it for us. God promised I'm going to protect you and take care of you and make sure you get there to enjoy it. Wow. Listen, now, what are we protected from, folks? Notice what he says. Look at verse, look at verse 20. Number one, we are protected from the pride of men. And number two, David said, God will protect me from the strife of tongues. May I say that when tongues are at strife, good people are hurt? Doesn't it hurt when tongues start talking about you? It sure does. David had blown it. David had done wrong and bad had happened. And David, I'm sure, felt absolutely horrible about it. But now he heard what was being said in the kingdom about him. And David said, God, the pride of man is what? What's David talking about? He's got a whole bunch of people in the kingdom that are now jumping on him because he had done wrong. And yet those very people had done a whole bunch of wrong themselves. You know what the pride of man is? Me thinking, I've not done any wrong, but you have. Pride of man is thinking, I'm better than you. Pride of man is jumping on your faults, but not knowing my own. And David said, God's going to have to, he's going to protect me from that. The old pride of man sure does find it easy to criticize whoever's in charge of something. The strife of tongues. Wow. David said, God, you're going to protect me from that. Do you know the pride of men endangers your joy? But the strife of tongues endangers the truth. Things get twisted. Things get tweaked. May I challenge you in your life, don't dare listen to the strife of tongues. That is nothing but a product of the pride of the individual you're listening to. Because they literally think that they have reason and right to criticize an individual. It's as if they're saying, I've not done anything wrong. They have, so let me tell you about it. Dear friend, that's arrogance. That's pride. That's hypocrisy. All of us have done wrong. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Number five, the goodness of God is personal. I love this. I love this. I know you say you love everything, preacher. Well, I don't love everything, but I love this. Look at verse 19. He said, how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for who? Them. Look at the end of verse 19. Which thou hast wrought for who? Them. Look at verse 20. Thou shalt hide who? I mean, it's taken three times for ten of you to get involved. It's the same answer every time, folks. Them. Just say it. Just make me feel better. 
them. Look at verse 21. David said, Blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed who? Dad, gummit. Now I got to change again and put the choir back out there. David said, Thou hast showed me thy goodness. Can I tell you something? I can sit here today. I'm going to tell you something. God is good to you. God is good to those that fear him. God is good to all of you, and God is great. You all agree with that? But can I tell you what else I can stand up here and tell you? I can tell you and show you and claim that God's been good to me. It's personal. David said, I blew it. And People that fear God, I know he's good to them. But I've really blown it. And he still showed goodness to me. Personal. Oh, I'm going to tell you something. If, if truth be known, what we ought to do is just swap this, put the pulpit out there in the seats, and all the rest of us just get on this altar. Us. We should change this whole system, shouldn't we? We ought to just make that the altar. Because every one of us ought to be on the altar today and say, God, I just want to thank you for showing your goodness to me. I, 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 you're a good God and, and you're full of goodness. I know that. But God, I want to thank you specifically and personally today because you've been good to me. Man. Number six, the goodness of God is patient. Verse 22 Boy, this, this made me feel right at home. David said, For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. In other words, David said, In a hurry, without thinking, I just claim, Oh, God's given up on me. God's not going to care about me anymore. I've just gone too far. God's not going to love me anymore. He said, I said that, and I did say that, and, and it was in haste. But notice verse twenty. To, he said, nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplication when I cried unto thee. May I say it's a common thing to speak amiss when we speak in haste. Rarely do we say the right thing when we say something hastily. I'm not going to make this about marriage. But God just did. Mic drop, boom. If I wasn't the pastor and have to pay for these mics, I would do it, but I need to get a fake mic. Hey, some of you give me a, I'm going to keep it right up here, boop, drop it. <laughs> David said, in my haste, I said, you've cut me off. We don't really ever say anything really smart when we say something in haste. Boy, there's a whole bunch of us said a lot of things to God, didn't we? God, why don't you care? Why don't you this? Why don't you that? And David said, God, it, that, I was, it was in my haste. I wasn't thinking. And God, I'm, even though I did, you still heard me and you helped me. God's goodness is patient. Notice if I could, number seven, God's goodness is pure. 
Look at verse 23. You say, how's that? Look at that. Oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Now, if you don't really think or notice what was being said, you would kind of just think he's just saying two positive things. No, David said this. Hey, saints, believers, you need to love the Lord, and here's why. God preserves the faithful, but he plentifully rewardeth. That, that sounds positive, like that's a good thing. Well, it is because it means this. He says the proud doer. That means don't you be fooled to think that if I'm a saved and I'm a Christian, God, you know, he, he preserves me. But boy, everybody else that don't even have anything to do with God, they have it made. They have no problems. Don't you let yourself believe that. What you're saying then is that God is not holy and God is not just. And I'm here to tell you, God is fair. And God says this, I preserve the faithful. But let me tell you what he does. He plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. That means this, don't you worry about it. Those that have pride and those that are hypocritical and those that criticized you, you know, without you really deserving it and all those things, David said, uh, God's going to give them their reward. In fact, God preserves the faithful, but notice what David said, he plentifully rewardeth. Well, you know, that reward, we think reward is good. No, it's just payment back. David said this, God is going to make sure he will take care of the pride of man that he talked about. The proud doers. God will bring all that out in the laundry. You might not ever know when it happens and you might not see it. It's not like God just, you know, and, and if you think about this, hey, get this. Sometimes I've thought, well, you know, if somebody does me wrong, Lord, and, and I know that you're going to make that right. Because I know I've done wrong to people and God sure got on me. Even if I didn't realize it. And I said, well, but Lord, how am I going to know? Guess what? It's not for you to know. Because if God showed us, then we would have pride. If somebody did you wrong and you say, well, God, you've said you're, gonna, you're holy and you're just and you're going to take care of it. If God showed it to you, what would you do? You would sit here, yeah, they deserve that. Now you're pride. So God doesn't show us. We don't know. It's not our area. It's not our deal. But you mark her down. God's going to take care of it. God's goodness is pure. Nobody's going to take advantage of it. Nobody's going to dirty it up. And God just lets it go or doesn't notice. Let me tell you something. God plentifully rewardeth the proud. You just be faithful and he'll preserve you. Notice this last, God's goodness. For the goodness of God is promised. David said in verse 24, Be of good courage, and he might strengthen your heart. Doesn't say that at all, does it? David said, I'm going to tell you something I've experienced. God shall strengthen you. God's goodness is guaranteed. You be of good courage. Don't let yourself be fooled and don't let, don't let your, 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 our human way of thinking get in the way of the spirit way of thinking and according to God's word. You be of good courage. God will, shall, guaranteed strengthen you. Amen. That's why David in Psalm 27, listen to this and I'm done. Psalm 27, verse 13 to 14, David said this. 
I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David said, I would have fainted, except for the fact that I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, it's easy to overlook, folks. We can get so consumed with our problems and pride and all these things and how we think so-and-so's done us wrong. Listen, we can overlook, totally bypass the goodness of God to us. And in the middle of one of the darkest times of David's life, he said, oh, how great is the goodness of God. It's promised. I don't know about you, but we got a whole lot to be thankful for at Thanksgiving. You agree with that? Let's pray. Lord, I love you. And Lord, like David, I have said a lot of things in my haste. And Lord, I have thought a lot of things in my haste. And Lord, there have been times I gave up on me even though you had not. God, I want to thank you for what you've done. Thank you for listening today. We hope you received a blessing from our broadcast. The Kirtland Baptist Church is located at 4520 Old Hollow Road in Kernersville, North Carolina. You may also contact us by phone at 336-993-5192 or via the web at KerwinBaptistChurch.com. Enjoy our services live and all our media on our website and church app. Thank you for listening to the Kerwin broadcast today. God bless you.